Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Tuesday, the 10th of October 2023, with myself, Sharjil Ahmed, and also Sheikh Zakaria as well alongside with me in the studio. Assalamu alaikum. How are you doing this afternoon? Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you too. Uh, by the grace of Allah, I'm doing well. Uh, and uh, really happy to yeah. see you after a while after and a long uh, time, yeah. being able to you know present and talk to you about uh, very interesting topics it is um, it is an interesting topic uh, in fact both of our topics are quite interesting as well um quite relative to you know to, you know to, to to what we're going through at the moment mm-hmm. because in the first part of the show we're talking about home education yep and there are concerns, major concerns, actually, um, for parents who are actually a little bit, you know, they're aware about the, you know, the, the rise of uh, different things which are, mm-hmm. you know, which are happening in, in not just in school, but with, with youngsters, with with the influence of social media, with the influence of, you know, the internet, yep. the influence of uh, a lot of false information with misinformation and of course young people are affected by that as well yep. a lot of things become trends very quickly because of social media mm-hmm. and the you know one of the major causes of that is that youngsters they are the ones who get in because they you know they, they're still they're still learning they're not matured yet yep. they are maturing they're learning different things they're, op- they're being open to the world exposed to the world and you have these different people um who who are on the mic you know such as like us but you know we're you know spreading or trying to spread the message of islam right so it's a specifically religious uh, radio station but other people yeah they've got a mic they've got a platform and they have their own agendas they mm-hmm. say whatever they want to mm-hmm. sometimes it's unfiltered yeah. sometimes it's some you know it's it's uh, it, it's beyond limits. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's no limits. There's no boundaries, and a lot of people have, you know, because of the rise of social media, yeah. and they are able to influence people, especially young people, young yeah. minds, uh-huh. and then they're able to sway them away, and that can be quite, you know, if it's a bad message, it can, it can be quite detrimental. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, if it's educational, if it's if it's for a good purpose, and that's a different story. But because of the influence of a lot of youngsters, um, or how much it has an effect on youngsters, um, they it's, it's difficult for them to actually, you know, to to actually pick and choose, or actually decide what is right, what is wrong, mm-hmm. and to pick out the best options for them. But this is also why we we're talking about. I mean, this is one of the things. Yeah, um, this, this is, you know that's as a branch mm-hmm. uh, of of the actual main topic that we're talking about: mm-hmm. home education. Why is there a huge rise in children being homeschooled? And people, I mean, what, I, what the, the reason for this is that a lot of parents are aware of this, and they don't want their children to be exposed to 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 what other people are, you know, trying to put at them as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, the the major concern is that you know lots of the things which has been taught. Mm. Through like like you said, uh, social media or overall um, speakers, um, it's not according to what the parents would like to teach them. Because you know, every parent 
wants the best for them for mm. for their children, for right? Their children, yeah. So there are many um, parents who decide to teach their own children, so they they can you know te- you know brought, bring up their children in a way that they desire, not mm. how let's say the society or the social media or influential speakers um, decide to change their minds, mm. um, which you know. In my opinion, it's it's very good. I mean, this is also one of the options you can do. But then there is also other things. Uh, but but you could do both. Hmm. That I know for the parents, it might be difficult for uh, to to give their children enough time because if they're at school most of the times, they're with the friends and you know lots of things happening. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, through the social media, yeah, they can get influences. They, they, they can easily get influenced because get influence, yeah. most of the time they're not under your control or yeah. under your yeah. supervision. Uh, but then, when it comes to school, homeschooling, then you have hundred percent attention towards them. Towards them, but it's, it's 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 good that you mentioned that as well because it's it's very true. If we, if we think about the you know from Monday to th- Monday to Friday, yeah. The majority of uh, you know the, the the time that the children are awake, yeah. they they are at school. Yes. So obviously they, they'll wake up and then let's say the school not starts at nine o'clock mm-hmm. and it finishes at three three fifteen three thirty whatever. Those six hours, yeah, more or less, they they're gonna be at school. So yep. they're being bombarded with a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, whatever the school, whatever the curriculum is, they, they, yeah. they're getting taught that, right. which is fine. But, you know, what about, you know, the other the other children as well that are there, yeah. the, the troublemakers? I mean, yeah. you have all sorts of people, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, you have good stu- good students and you have bad students as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so those six hours, more or less, they're, they're in school, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, when they come home, they're going to be home for about three, four hours, and then it's going to be time to... Time to go to sleep. Yeah, it, you know, especially if they're youngsters, especially if they're primary school children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, reception year one, year two, especially they're gonna sleep around seven, eight o'clock max, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and obviously because they have to wake up early the next morning to get ready for the next day. Mm-hmm. So the majority, the major part of the day, they're gonna be in school, and then when they come home, they're gonna be exhausted. Yeah. And if you want to teach them something else, trying to teach them, you know, other skills or whatever. If you know, it's, it's talking about from a religious perspective, from our background yep. as being Muslims, we want to teach them how to read the the Holy Quran, right? It's in yep. Arabic, so it's a completely different language, right? Unless if you're Arab. So if you're if you want to teach them that, if you want to teach them other things as well, if you want to take them to the mosque or whatever, mm-hmm. it's you know it it can be quite tiring for them as well. So this is also another reason why a lot of parents are thinking that you know instead of all of that, yeah, we can compress whatever the teach in school at home mm-hmm. we can have more attention towards them yep. and they we can teach them the things that we want to teach yeah, sometimes you might think sometimes parents might think that you know this the curriculum is set but maybe they don't agree with a specific part or a specific module in a specific topic mm-hmm. they say no we don't really want to teach them this right now we will, we, it's okay for them for us, for us to you know teach them but a little bit later on when they get a bit yeah. older yeah. when they get a bit more more matured such as you know there's a lot of different things that we can talk about yeah. but then they might then th- th- then they have more control when mm. they when they're homeschooled or home education homeschooled it's, yeah. it's called homeschooled isn't it exactly so it's 
It is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. definitely interesting because the parents, <laughs> That's the thing. they know the best when and, obviously they and want the best. how yeah. the children should, you know, know certain uh, things which is important in their lives. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, not always uh, those kind of teachings or things have been taught on time or yeah. or uh, it, it could it could harm the children a lot. So therefore, uh, but then who, those people who are, let's say, uh, sending their children and uh, they decide, uh, then the balance should be there as well. So in, in Islam, what we try to do is give mm. them enough time enough time to the children um, and and also try uh, to bring our children to the mosques where exactly, yeah. there are discussions on these topics or on on the topics of Islam which then balances it out of course yeah. um, so yeah. it might be it's so balancing it uh, if you're sending your children to to schools and and then balancing it out with uh, giving them education, Islamic or religious or uh, education or uh, you know teachings that you want hmm. to give is very tough it's, when yeah. uh, y- you w- when they're you know being taught things on school, of course. Uh, of course, I mean just hold that thought as well because um, we wanna we wanna come back to that as well. We yep. speak a little bit more about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now we're going to speak to our first guest of the show, Hannah, who's a home education parent and and coach. And she's uh, been home educating for 11 years now and provides information about home education, unschooling and gentle parenting as well. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. So just, just to begin with, what actually motivated you to actually promote or initiate home education sure so um my eldest is nearly 13 so it was actually quite a while ago Mm. um i used to work in education in the pupil referral unit and the approach there was very different to mainstream school um the children had a lot more autonomy um, a lot more respect i felt from the adults and i could see how much they thrived with, with that autonomy um so that was one factor another factor was that i felt class sizes were too big i felt teachers were under too much pressure um, and that a one-size-fits-all curriculum really wasn't appropriate for for children in general. Um, but there were other family factors, you know, I wanted to prioritise family time and travel. Mm. Um, so it was a really a mixed bag, really. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people, with a lot of parents who are actually considering this as well. Um, what, what, what course or help do you actually provide to parents as well as children as well? Sure. So I specifically work with parents. I have an Instagram and a TikTok account called Hannah Home Educates. And I try and provide the information that isn't widely available. Um, It's almost as if you have to be within the home education community to find it. There are some great Facebook groups. Um, I have a blog as well. But I try and provide the information in video form and in digestible chunks. So things about the law, what we we need to provide for our children when we home educate, how to help your children socialize, um, and really building up parents' confidence. And I offer a course as well um, called Home Educate with Confidence. uh, But it's mainly on TikTok and Instagram. Mm Interesting. Um, uh, as I said, uh, there's a lot of parents who are interested in this as well, and there's there is a trend of of you know parents actually trying to promote this uh, you know w- within the children as well, getting the children on board in the first place. But yeah. what? Surely there must be some some challenges as well that people usually face in home education. Um, For sure. How how can t- tell us walk us through that and tell us how 
to you know because obviously you have a lot of experience how do you overcome or how do you overcome these these challenges sure i think there's a mix of challenges some are mental and some are practical um obviously you know it's a challenge increasingly with cost of living how do you work and home educate and that is a challenge that a lot of families face um, and so I do encourage parents looking to flexible working and and start to think outside of the box of that. But I do appreciate it's, it's difficult. Mm. Um, other challenges are feeling isolated. I think, you know, even if you have good friends, if they're sending their children to school, they might feel judged that you're doing something differently. And so it can create mm. um, tension within families, within relationships. Um, so that that is another big factor. Yeah, yeah. So, what... So whatever you want to teach your children, you actually you have to get a particular teacher to actually come and teach that particular topic or that subject, uh, right? So is it sort of different then, or is it more or less the same as traditional schools? It's completely different. And what I would mm. say is it's very different um, from family to family. So some families might take a quite a traditional approach. They might like to sit down in the morning and do school-style lessons, although that is quite rare now. Most families... Mm have realized that you know if school isn't working for children at school it's not going to work at home either and so unschooling a more uh, flexible tailored approach to the child is becoming more popular Mm. and so there are there are resources online um, parents can hire tutors if they want to or there's plenty of free lessons now Um, but it's also about thinking outside the box so you know things that we would normally not consider educational can actually be very educational you know there's maths and english and science around us all the time and so it's about finding those opportunities and being creative with the way that we help our children learn. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the process, then, how, how do parents actually assess that their children are on the, on the same level, on par with those children sure. that are, you know, traditionally or go to traditional schools? Sure. I think, um, well, initially I, I, would, I would say that, you know, my friend who home educates her children, she's a qualified teacher. And when she used to teach in school, she said that she had a year four class. And there were children in there working at a, a year one level and there were children working at a year six level. So I think mm. the idea that all children in a year group are at the same academic level is it, just a fallacy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I also would challenge the idea that we have to get them to a certain point by 16. Home educated children absolutely can do GCSEs. There, there is plenty of resources available for that. But I think that part of the beauty of it is you don't have to rush through 10 GCSEs in two years. You can do it at your own pace. So... And actually, you wouldn't have to if, you know, if a child wanted to do an apprenticeship or skip GCSEs and do A-levels, you can do that as well. Um, But the way they assess, I mean, it depends on the child. I would say that we're not really measuring up necessarily everyone to school standards. But if you want to, the national curriculum is available for free online. You can look at the framework. And so parents can download that and have a look if they want to. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Um, uh, What are some of the drawbacks of, you you mentioned this as well uh, earlier on, Mm. of of, of homeschooling as well, such as child developmental skills, communication skills, you know, teamwork and all of that. Obviously, Mm. when it's like, when it's physical or PE, then they obviously, they can't sort of play with other people, isn't it? So what are some of the drawbacks? I think, I mean, to me, it's funny because my children get a lot more physical education than children do in school. If you look at the curriculum there isn't nearly enough physical education, outdoor time, running around, you know, they're sitting for a lot of the day. Mm-hmm. And as much as teachers are doing their very, very best, the actual curriculum and, and the pressures put on them mean that, you know, the arts and PE and things that are good for children are being really squeezed out. Um, and I don't think Rishi Sunak is helping with what he's saying about, you know, 
it's extending the school day and things like that. So um, what I would say is that any drawbacks of home education should be on the parent and not the child. So it's about, yes, it is, it is more effort. You do need to go and find your children's sports groups. You need to maybe um, create meetups with other local home educators or find them groups after school or on the weekend, um, but giving them all those opportunities to socialise. But, you know, just like children in school, they might go to a dance class or a football class or something on the weekend. So do our children. And we also tailor make, you know, with other parents groups within the week. So my children go to a drama group on the weekend. Um, they, they're going to a group on the farm throughout the week. They go to groups with other children to study math and English. So the, the home education community is very creative. And I think it's just about making the effort to ensure that your child has all those opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Hannah, uh, you, you've been home educating for, for over a decade now. With, so with yeah. that experience, anyone or parents who are actually looking into this or considering this and they need mm-hmm. some, you know, some more information on you know, who to hire or what to do, how, tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's no one standard um, place you can go to for information. I do post daily videos on my TikTok and Instagram, which is Hannah Home Educates. Um, I'd also encourage you to meet up with local home educators because those are the people who are going to. um, They're going to provide your community and your support as well. So start looking on your Facebook groups in your local area if anyone's home educating. Um, And those are two good places to start because you can get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Tana, thank you so much well, once again. And, uh, thank you very much for having information. me. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Hannah and uh, sharing her experience as well. Some, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, some good advice that we that we got from her. Yep. And especially for those parents who are actually considering uh, this as well. Um, I mean, <laughs> I must say it, it is, you know, being a, being a parent, you sometimes realize that sometimes in in the school because they might teach something that you don't want your children to actually go through yeah it can be you know and you might not even have a choice hmm. to to actually opt out you know of those specific lessons and uh, that kind of stuff but yeah it's it's a mixture of both it's a mixture of both sometimes you know it can be a good thing i mean everything has its positives and negatives isn't yeah. it which, which whichever option you choose homeschooling or traditional schools as well um, but it's uh, you know it's it's something to actually look into properly. Yeah, definitely. It? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I was just looking at the YouTube channel of Hannah, yeah. and uh, it's very informative. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if someone decides to, let's say, um, homeschool, yeah. it's not impossible. It is still possible. Many yeah. parents are doing it, but uh, you have to bear in mind that. Uh, it, it's it's a full time job, <laughs> so it's like full time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like literally. like the parents, like like the teachers have a, a full time routine of teaching their children, and then they have their, you know, um, let's say an agenda. They have their um, syllabus that they have to follow. Similarly, uh, you know, the parents they have to make a full routine of you know. Uh, teaching your children and then mm-hmm. doing the same beneficial things that the schools are doing it's yeah. it's a it's a tough job it's a tough job yeah but once you're into it i think uh once you start doing it it is possible i, I mean, mean it, it would it does require require dedication isn't it so it if you if yeah. you are dedicated in this your children are up for it as well yeah. and they 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 you know they're enjoying the process of home education homeschooling exactly then um then yeah i think it's it, it, i think it's a good option it is, it is definitely it is a good yeah. option let's uh, let's speak to our guest our next guest actually uh wendy charles werner warner 
who is the, the, the chair of education, otherwise the home education charity providing professional support and advice to those with an interest in home education through their through their website as well. And they've uh, she's got experience for over four decades now, and her research is in this field, which is the home of uh, which is home education. Um, with that introduction, peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Wendy. Hello, lovely to be invited. Thank you for asking me. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Um, so just to begin, what are the benefits of uh, of becoming a member of uh, of education otherwise? Oh gosh, right. Um, they start off with various things. We offer our services freely to the public in many respects, but when you become a member, one of the benefits is that we provide discounts for lots of educational resources, including exam centre discounts, which are really valuable. We also offer access to our um, repository, which contains lots and lots of information. We also offer a free service for checking parental reports and an advocacy service. So there are benefits, but the main benefit is that the charity cannot survive without our members. Hmm. We have no funding other than from membership fees. So our members get the benefit of knowing that they are keeping the charity going so that we can support home education, not only for them, but for their children and their grandchildren. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So why are more and more people, parents specifically, opting for school children, especially those parents that have children with uh, special educational needs? Oh, gosh. Well, we are finding more and more in in the last few years that children with special educational needs are coming to home education. And it's a multifaceted reasoning, actually. One primary reason is that parents often find that schools do not meet their children's needs. Mm. One of the most common things they tell us is that the schools simply cannot meet their children's needs. The demand on schools is greater than the resourcing that schools have. And it's really common for parents to fight for several years to try and get their child's needs met and then give up and discover home education. Another reason is that during COVID, a lot of parents were able to dip their toes in the water to just get a tiny feeling of what home education might be about. And that enabled a lot of parents to see how much that reduced their child's anxiety, how much it reduced the child's dysregulation. And special needs children can benefit from that reduction in overstimulation and anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there are challenges as well. And a previous guest also uh, spoke about this as well. I want to ask you also, um, what are your thoughts about this as well? Some of the challenges, talk us through some of the challenges that parents face when, uh, when, when, when homeschooling. One of the most interesting challenges, which people often don't think about, is actually the negativity and criticism of of people around you. We often find parents being uh, criticised by their parents because their parents don't understand home education. And that's a challenge nobody actually expects because you make a parenting decision and you don't expect to be told, oh, you're spoiling your children's lives. And, And that's a big one. 
But the, the primary one for the majority of parents is that they have to, one parent has to be present all of the time. So, for example, if one parent is earning a good wage, that makes that fairly easy. But if the parents aren't on a particularly good income, one income has to be, be lost in order for the parent to be available to home educate. And that's a big ask for many families, particularly mm. in the economic times we've got now. Yeah. So you've got this this um, really difficult decision that parents have to make to give up an income to be there. You've also got the fact yeah. that you're with your children every day, all day. And for some parents, that can be really hard work. No matter how much you love your children, mm. you still need adult company. You still need that break. So it's really important that parents make social contact and don't just actually um, rely on their children for that social contact. Mm. And most parents will join home education groups and meet up with other home educating parents. They'll meet adults, they'll make friends. And that then ceases to be a problem. But unless parents actually make that effort, they can struggle a bit initially with that social contact. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for for your answer. Um, One of the things that I want to like to know is what sort of guidance or advice uh, uh, for homeschooling do you give to the parents on uh, curriculum choices or teaching methods or, or legal requirements? Gosh, well, uh, the, our, our website is educationotherwise.org. There mm-hmm. are fact sheets. We have frequently asked questions, how to write reports, what is expected of you, what the law says. And to put it in a nutshell, the parent is required to provide an education that suits the individual child. Schools aren't required to do that. So what the parent needs to do is to ask themselves, what is the right education for my child as an individual? It's not the education that suits your neighbor's child or or another family member. Each child's education has to be individualized. Mm -hmm. And for some children, that education could be extremely structured. For others, it could be extremely unstructured. But the parent needs to take a step back from the school mindset of a curriculum-centered provision which the child adapts to and to look to adapt what they provide for their child. So look at what the child's interests are. What are the child's ambitions? What does the child want to achieve? And go instead of going from, we are going to teach this child A, B, and C in order that they can then look for employment in later years, you look at the child and say, what does the child want to learn? Now, this is what we're going to provide. So it kind of puts it, turns it upside down and on its head. Trust yourself. That's the most important thing. You know your child. So trust yourself, trust your child, and work around the child's own skills and abilities. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you earlier mentioned about uh, the criticism that the parents receive from some of the parents uh, who, you know, send their children to normal schools. Um, 
So that's because of the misconceptions or the stereotypes they have about homeschooling. So uh, could you clarify some of the misconceptions or stereotypes uh, in regards to homeschooling, please? Yes, we're, <laughs> some of the stereotypes are, there, there are myths, and the myths are that either that we're all home educators are middle-class hippies, and honestly, um, you don't meet many middle-class hippies who are home educating. Mm-hmm. And the other things that get banded about is we're hiding our children or we're abusing our children. And actually, absolutely the opposite is correct because home-educated children are uniquely visible because their parents, they're not in a school, in a classroom all day. Mm. Their parents actually are, they're out in the community, they're part of the community, they're of the community. And so those, those children are actually seen by so many people and research tells us that their socialization is actually very often much more varied and wide than, than that which school children enjoy. And we also have this, this notion that, that parents can be uh, hiding something. Um, this was propagated only recently by the chair of the Education Committee. And again, research proves that to be absolute nonsense. Home-educated children are much less likely to be subject to abuse because they're so visible. And the majority of parents have actually chosen home education because they're desperate to do what is right for their child. Mm -hmm. So you get these strange myths that that arise, and the myths arise because it's it's not the norm within our society to not send your child to school. And people have, have a very rigid mindset sometimes, and it's very hard to move out of what is the social norm into something different, because anything that's different is a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. And so we tend as a society to see it as somehow not quite right. And that can lead to misunderstanding. And so part of the role that education otherwise has is actually educating people into understanding what home education is. Mm-hmm. And what home education is, is a choice that parents make, which is equal in law to school education and in fact is the default because parents choose to register their child at school and if you don't do so your child becomes a home educated child automatically Mm -hmm. so it's actually the default position but it's one that some people just don't understand so as I say we have to sometimes educate the public to help them to understand that different isn't bad. Different is actually good for our society. Yep. And uh, how can homeschooling parents uh, prepare a child or hi- for higher education? And what resources or guidance do you provide on college applications and um, entrance exams? Examinations for higher higher education, home-educated children can can access examinations. GCSE and A-level can be accessed. They they often actually do them at different times. I have one of my home-educated children started his degree age 10 and took GCSEs at the same time and finished his degree at 15 
and did his last GCSEs at 16. And that's a very extreme example. But basically, children can take GCSEs whenever they wish. They take them as an external candidate. The difficulty is usually in locating an examination centre. And an examination centre can be a private exam centre set up as business, or it can be any school which offers examinations. And the parent has to approach local schools or local examination centres to try to arrange that. We find that a lot of children wanting to go into university can, can often be confused about how they can enter university if they were home educated. And that's because UK, the UCAS system um, doesn't really accommodate them. But what young people can do is go through the same route that mature students do. Mature students do not necessarily go through UCAS. They approach the university, and they approach the university often on the basis of their experience or a portfolio. And that route is open to home-educated young people, but they often are unaware of it. And we're currently working with universities to try and raise awareness of routes into higher education for children who haven't been educated through, through the traditional school route. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Wendy, for for your insight on this topic and for, for answering our questions. And thank you very much for your time. You're very, you're very welcome. One of the things we really want to get across is difference is equal because this country really benefits from diversity. Diversity is crucial. Diversity of thought, diversity of background is really crucial. And home education is just another aspect of diversity. And thank you for having me. Very true. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So that was uh, that was Wendy and uh, telling us a little bit more information, you know, about uh, home education as well. And obviously, uh, what she said at the end was very, you know, it, it res- resonates with us as well that you yeah. know, diversity is uh, is actually a good thing, mm-hmm. and we should celebrate our our you know diversity as well. It's not mm-hmm. something that we you know we can benefit from one another we can have you know good mutual relationships with one another as well true and uh, you know like you know, you know we can learn from one another as well so yeah. it's this diversity is something to to be celebrated not something that should be there to to actually divide us as well exactly some mm. some statistics as well um uh in regards to home education as well and how the trend is actually swaying this way the bbc actually reports that the number of children registering for home education in the UK rose by 75% uh, in recent years but, but the thing is is that is according to that is according to the BBC and some some people may have difference uh, of an opinion <laughs> in, in regards to that as well how much it might, might be an over over exaggeration mm. council officials say the reasons behind behind the rise include mental health problems bullying and parents dissatisfaction with schools um and uh, you know that that you know to obviously to some extent th- there is an element of uh, of truth in that as well not to actually not actually blaming any you know not to blame schools mm-hmm. um but sometimes it's you have to face the reality as well sometimes children do get bullied yeah sometimes there are um teachers who are a little bit too strict mm-hmm. sometimes there can be some favoritism 
Sometimes they can be rude. Yeah, it's not just teachers. Obviously, the students as well. Some students, they might, you know, they they might they might be rude as well. They might disrupt the class. They might disrupt the lesson. Mm-hmm. The whole class is gets in trouble. So there's this, these sort of things to actually look at as well. So there is an element of truth to to this. Yeah, officials at Medway Council suggested the pandemic had contributed to more parents switching to home education, uh, home educating their sc- their children as well. Yeah. obviously they got used to that. They were used to, you know, teaching, uh, you know, the whole year they were at home or, you know, a few months they were at home, quite a few months they were at home and uh, they just got used to that and they, they said, you know what, this is actually a good approach. Let's just switch to home education. Mm-hmm. So COVID, you know, COVID effect means home educating children um, different but similar to school education. A fair driven choice because of COVID could affect children's uh, potential to thrive at school as well, so that is is sort of a a, a major concern which uh, you know which parents have as well as the students, the you know the children. Definitely. So um, we have our last guest for this hour, who is Shazia Ahmed, a secondary science teacher with over twenty years of teaching and tutoring experience in and around South London, and also a mum to four uh, teenagers currently in various stages of education. With this intro, I would like to welcome Shazia. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Wa alaikum assalam, Jazakallah for having me. Thank you very much, Jazakallah. May Allah bless you too. Um, You work with children in school as well as tutoring. Um, How do children typically respond uh, to the differing environment of school versus at home? Um, I think that's dependent on the individual child. Uh, Some children uh, find it very, very difficult actually to fit in in a school environment. Um, I do think, I do agree with the the previous comment that was made about it being exacerbated since COVID. Um, And I have seen that, especially with students who struggle from um, issues with things like anxiety, for example. They found it very difficult to reintegrate. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my um, tuition that I do, all of my work is online. So I specifically moved my business online. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, I was working uh, obviously outside of school hours, but from a school premises. Um, but since COVID, I've actually decided to stay online simply because um, I do have students who are not within communicable distance who would like to take the opportunity to learn outside of the school environment. Um, it also means that you know it cuts down on traffic time because there is no traffic time. So there's lots of different um, issues I think we we do have to look at. You know, it doesn't suit everybody. I have to say, online learning is not something that every child finds easy to access. Um, and it is, I think, at the end of the day, it's also about the quality of education that's being provided. Um, if a child feels secure in their school environment, if they feel happy, um, then they're going to be more willing to um you know implement things and you know to try new things but if they're not so willing or if they don't feel settled then um that's an added pressure it can be an added challenge to them Mm. um so being a mother of four and also a teacher Mm -hmm. uh what is the most important thing to be considered when teaching a child uh, in any environment? I think first and foremost is recognising that they are children 
um, mm-hmm. and that as a as a teacher, um, I have a duty of care for those children while they're um, whether that be at school or at home or you know online. That if I am teaching them, that I do have a responsibility to them, and um, it's making sure that they don't feel that they're just a number in the classroom. Sometimes you know classrooms can get very large. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy sometimes for certain students to get a little bit lost. Mm. Um, so I do think that that is a big responsibility of teachers, and I take that very seriously. Is making sure that um, every child, you know, has a meaningful um, school education and experience. Uh, I think that as a parent as well, for me, is very important that I provide that service for others, but I expect that service for my children too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of the people, you know, uh, criticize that mm-hmm. homeschooling doesn't allow children to socialize uh, yeah. with peers of their own on on age. Um, mm-hmm. How do you uh, ha- have you found this to be the case as well? Um, you know, I do work with children who aren't in mainstream school, so for whatever reason, they're not actually in a mainstream provision within a normal school. And um, those children have to be homeschooled until uh, the local authorities or the councils can find them a school place. So, you know, you could say that they're almost like they're having to be homeschooled because there's not a space for them. So I I do work with those children as well. And I do find that, um, you know, some of them do really struggle with the social aspect um, because they don't have that regular interaction with other children. Um, sometimes it can put real strain. This is obviously I'm only talking talking from personal experience here, but those children I've seen sometimes it can be a strain on their relationships at home because um, you know there's not that regulation um, in you know kind of like leaving the house at a certain time, coming back home. So it's about obviously if a parent decides to um, homeschool their child they are going to be very aware that their child is obviously going to be at home so i do know of a lot of um you know, kind of like online support groups that help parents specifically of homeschooled children to actually meet up with each other and you know a lot of these parents they will look for you know um out of hours um experiences for their children remember that they're not tied to the curriculum in the same way mm. that teachers are in the school that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Shazia, home schooling can also be quite, quite, uh, quite expensive as well, isn't it? And inaccessible yeah. to people with, you know, with the necessity of uh, of resources. Also, our previous mm-hmm. guest also said that you know, someone, if both parents are actually working, they might have mm-hmm. to cut down one person's income as well, just so obviously they can monitor the child and take care of them as well. So it's a yeah. lot of um, time consuming as well. I mean, obviously, um, someone has to be there, supervise there as well. So do, yeah. do you actually think it's a, it's, a, it's a worthy investment for parents to actually consider this? I think, I, I think it depends. I think that the majority of children actually do flourish in a school environment. They make friends, you know, if you think about your own childhood. You know, school played an important part um, in your development. So I do think that school is important. However, having said that, I have worked with children who, you know, for whatever reason, the school system just didn't seem to work for them. They weren't flourishing. They were finding it really difficult. It was exacerbating 
um, you know, specific problems that they had. And in those cases, their parents did decide to take them out of school. And I think for some children, yeah, it would be a better option. I do think, though, that there's not enough legislation um, to regulate what children are learning. Um, because at present, there is no specific curriculum that children out, you know, who are being homeschooled actually mm. have to learn. So as yeah. a teacher, that worries me, you know, that are the children getting education, uh, you know, traditional education in subjects matter. Um, you know, obviously they have their life skills as well that they're learning um, with the opportunities that they would have that maybe children in a classroom don't face. But because it's not regulated, um, there's a great disparity between the type of education then that those children are receiving. Yeah, yeah. When we say uh, that it's uh, you know it's you know quite expensive, so how how sort of how much would it be then roughly? You haven't you have sort of any sort of estimate? Well, you know it just depends on what the parent wants to teach. You know there are online schools. Um, there are a couple of online schools that do specifically cater for children who are you know um, exclusively homeschooled, and um, they will be able, the parents will be able to pay for certain lessons if you were looking for a private tutor it depends you know if you're looking for a private tutor who is a fully qualified teacher you're looking at a minimum of 30 40 pounds an hour depending on how much experience they have mm. and then you've got to look at their availability then you have to look at what subjects you want your child to be taught mm. um so there's lots of different parameters here a lot of uh, children who are homeschooled actually don't follow a traditional curriculum yeah um, so, you know, there are opportunities for them to expand their horizons or to, you know, pursue hobbies that maybe they wouldn't get the opportunity to do in the classroom. But I think, you know, you know social interaction is very important to children mm. and it's very important for their mental development as well as their social development. Um, and I do think that schools play a really important part in that. But obviously, yeah, like, like you said previously, it does depend on their experience in that school and how safe they feel how valid they feel you know their level of anxiety etc so um you know i think cost wise you can't really put a price on it it's Mm -hmm. as much as the parent wants to spend right yeah um i mean there is there is a lot of uh, academic pressure on on children Mm -hmm. as well especially you know getting good grades and then obviously making a uh, choosing the career path that they want to choose as well um, yeah. But obviously, if they, like you said, after school, if they want to, if the parents want to put the children into tutoring as well, they have mm-hmm. to go through that. So there's a lot of hours that children are actually spending um, on on a desk. Yeah. Does that affect the child's ability to actually socialize, to play, to to sort of relax? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think you know there's a time and a place for everything. Um, if you look at uh, teaching methods that you would see in primary education and, and in, you know, infant school. So looking from reception to year two, a lot of the learning is done via play um, mm, because yeah. that is, you know, the social construct. That's what children learn through. They learn through social stories and, you know, that's how they understand manners and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as a, as a child gets older, um, then, yeah, we do have the ability to kind of, like, concentrate and hone our skills. But I think also, you know, recognising and celebrating the specific, you know, things that that students actually enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, there are always going to be times that you have to teach somebody something and they don't enjoy it. 
I'm, I'm a science teacher. You know, there's always going to be that child who comes in and says, yeah. you know, Miss, I really hate physics. And I'll be like, okay, let's see if I can change your mind. Let's see. It. And, and that's the challenge. And that's the challenge for the teacher to make it exciting and interesting hmm. so that then the child can see that there's an opportunity here for me to gain something. Hmm. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, that that is why the majority of teachers, I would like, maybe it's an oversimplistic view, but I would like to believe that that's the reason why teachers are educators. Mm-hmm. It's because we want to instill those values and we want to infuse children to to learn, to explore and to investigate and ultimately to, you know, invent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mushazi Ahmed, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and speaking to us. On this, uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Okay. So that was Shazi Ahmed with the uh, you know over over twenty years of teaching and tutoring experience, um, you know around around South London as well, and telling us a little bit more about this. It's it is interesting, isn't it, uh, to get a professional um, sort of uh, you know expertise. And they, you know, what they what they actually go through their experience as well, mm-hmm. how they sort of, you know, realize that some children are good in school, they flourish in school, but yeah. for some children it simply doesn't work. Yeah, and they, you know, the the uh, the other option is homeschooling. Maybe they will thrive in that as well. So yeah. it's, it's it's good to get you know a a professional approach to this as well. All three of our guests actually spoke quite well. Yeah, in regards definitely. to this, shed some light on it. I mean, uh, you know, if you look. Uh, into the history um, of the schooling system, you know, yeah. wasn't there forever, right? So before we have, you know, great scholars yeah. who were homeschooled, right? They had different teachers appointed and they were pretty much schooled yeah. at home. Yeah. But then we have great uh, teachers for us now, you can say, or scholars who were homeschooled and uh, it shows that the history shows itself that it is possible and uh, you know great scholars um could come out from from being homeschooled uh, mm. so it is not necessary for every child to uh, go into the school um if the parents are determined enough if mm. the parents know that they can do it at home then I think it's uh, uh, they should go for it. But then, why not? Uh, yeah. why not? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. there is a lot of help um, available, of course. Um, before you start anything, I think you need to know what you're about to start and what, exactly. what, it, what exactly. you're about to do. So it is, you know, extremely important for you to find out um, about homeschooling first. Then get your children into homeschooling. Um, in my opinion, and uh, the the parent knows the best w- for their children actually, um, if they need homeschooling or schooling well, at traditional as, schools, uh, in yeah. normal traditional schools. Yeah. If we look at it from uh, you know from from sort of an Islamic perspective as well, we see that children are homeschooled from the yeah. beginning anyway. Because yes. obviously they learn from they learn from their mothers, they learn from their fathers, they learn from their parents, mm-hmm. they learn from their siblings as well, uh, older and younger. And obviously, when a child is born, then you know all the things that they learn is from what they see, what they hear, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. It, 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 so you can say that they are, they are homeschooled in the beginning. Obviously, when it comes to curriculum, when it comes to you know actually going, you know, when when they turn three, four, five. And obviously, up till sixteen, 
it's compulsory, isn't it, to to actually study to yep. go to school? <clears throat> we know whether that's at a traditional school or if, or if it's at uh, or if it's at home. It's it's something which uh, you know we need to look into as well because the the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he has said that education is not something that is you know when you turn four until all the way you're sixteen or eighteen. It's literally from when you start until your dying breath, until your grave. Yes. So it's from the cradle to the grave. So yep. your whole life you're learning something. Mm-hmm. Your whole life you're you're learning something new. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of information that, that may be. That might be a curriculum. That might be you sort of, you know, go through a curriculum and you learn different things, different subjects, and, you know, you go through that process. But obviously after that, you learn different life skills. You learn different uh, um, you know, if you're if you're a tradesman, you learn how to trade. If you're a businessman, you learn how to do business. You know, if you're a doctor, you do you know different things, um, operations and whatever. Scientists, you know, go through exper- you know uh, all these different uh, um, you know uh, experiments or whatever. So you're, you're learning all the time. Yep. So home education, you know, like our guests have said, it's not something which needs to be looked down upon. For those people. If you know if it, if it works for your child, then you know then that's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, if uh, if you think that your child is not sort of performing that well or is going through a difficult time in school, because there can be different challenges in school. If you think that you know that's not the right place, then homeschooling is an option as well. Yep. And like you know, like our guests have said, th- there is a lot of help and support available. A lot of professional advice as well that you know that you can get from from a lot of different people mm-hmm. a lot of experts there are out there so you know it's all about reaching out and uh you know l- seeing the options as well it's mm. not you know a lot of a lot of the times is people can cons- you know they, they shun a particular topic or whatever just because it's a taboo topic oh no forget about home education you know yeah. send them to school you mean what's that but it's it's important to look at look at the options and see for you know decide for themselves as well. Yeah. So we're coming towards the hour. the The news is looming. We will conclude this part of the show, and, and after the news, we will go into our next topic. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Assalamu alaikum wa wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. In this part of the show, we're talking about uh, something, a a a, a topic which uh, which we've spoken about 
in in the past previously in previous shows but uh, it's something that is an ongoing topic and of course it will be and in future topics in future weeks and months uh, to come we will talk about this as well um mental health and uh, its challenges in different ways and forms that it actually comes and uh, how how to deal with mental health issues mental health problems and uh, different things revolving this particular issue is something that we're going to be talking about in this part of the show now it's uh, what we're specifically going to be talking about is the idea that mental health is a is a is a universal human is a universal human right to sort of sort of uh, you know get into grips of what we're actually talking about we will look at the 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 way in which we need to address this the one of the ways in which we need to sort of uh, um, the solution or what is the best way that we can deal or the treatment that you know what what's, what's one of the ways in which we can actually overcome um, being you know so uh, pressed by by med- mental health issues as well when we're facing mental health problems what can we do to actually alleviate our pain as well mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking at that through the scope of uh, of Islam so what the what the holy quran says as being the word of god and different prayers that we can actually do different things that we can do you know lifestyle changes as well what we can actually adapt and uh, different ways of basically focusing our mind on a particular way you know channeling our mind on a particular way that we can face these issues whenever they come across us as well one thing which is or from the you know from the very beginning there is a verse in the holy quran which specifically talks about um being calm being tranquil and how we can actually be at ease how we can find comfort right so in chapter 13 verse 29 of the holy quran allah the almighty says that those who believe and those hearts and whose hearts find comfort in the remembrance of allah a it is in the remembrance of allah that hearts can find comfort and like i said this is very important this is a very important verse because when we face you know when we go through troubles when we go through a difficult time our heart is at is 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 at unease it's uh, you know it's it's not it's not here nor there you can't simply you know sometimes you can't even eat properly you can't even sleep properly mm-hmm. a little you know a lot of people overeat when they when they when they when, when they go through stress some people don't eat at all like i mentioned um there's different things which people face uh when when facing or when faced with a difficult time such as mental health problems as well and one of the things that if you control if you set your set your mind to it you can actually overcome that to a certain degree or you know overall as well and that is your heart if your heart is at ease if your heart can find solace if your heart can find peace can find comfort through you know through this means which is prayer then that can actually help you so much in difficult times definitely and that is something that we want to you know talk about as well definitely in this, in this i mean in this first that you've just mentioned um 
you know, God Almighty says in the remembrance of God Almighty. I mean, yeah. with our own experience and my my own experience as well. Yes. Uh, anyone who prays, and when I pray, then I know that even though no one is there to help me, uh, God is watching over me. Right. So wherever you are, yeah. true satisfaction of the heart, according to Islam, according to the Holy Quran is in the remembrance of God Almighty. Mm. So, you know, the verse that I've just m- mentioned, you know, we found we find a, a profound message that mental well-being is indeed a universal human right. Yes. And the Quran highlights the importance of uh, a peace, an inner peace and tranquility. Yeah. Um which is a gift from the Almighty, irrespective of one's faith or background. And inner peace is something that every human being desires, and that inner peace could be found through uh, the help of God Almighty. Mm. Uh, But then we have to remember that as a human being, it is also our responsibility to, let's say, someone you know, or even if you don't know, to give them uh, peace, uh, which means that sometimes what happens is that you know someone is going through difficulties or yeah. some sort of uh, you know depression, but it is your responsibility of being a fellow human being to give that support to that person. You never know that maybe you could be the source of change into that person you know maybe your smile or your talk that could give a change to the person who is going through mental health issues and i remember um you know i was speaking about islam and our community ahmadiyya community and uh, the, the the supreme leader and the caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community yeah. um, to a, a lady who is basically um, who, who is uh, from a Catholic background, right. right? So no Muslim. So she basically Re- was uh, religious, but not not Muslim, religious, yeah. but not yeah, not Muslim. Muslim. Yeah. So she was going through uh, mental health issues and depression. Uh, to that extent that she you know once even decided to commit suicide oh right so it's very shocking i mean i know that i tried myself to give comfort but my words are nothing compared to the words of a, a person who is appointed by god almighty right the reason i'm saying this is um you know she was going through the difficulties and 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 mental health issues, and uh, fortunately, she was listening to a show which uh, MTA International, um, you know, plays on on uh, the, the 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 their channel MTA International, the Muslim Television Ahmadiyya, um, and they also have uh, you know the shows played on YouTube. Mm. So this show is called This Week with Huzur. Huzur is uh, basically other, uh, another name for the caliph so the words of Khalifatul Masih or the caliph of the Messiah right. um, 
we believe that the Messiah has come. His name is Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him. And after him, as prophesied by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, you know, caliphate has been established. And currently we are extremely blessed with the, the, the you know, with the existence of Khilafat and with a supreme leader, Hazrat Mirza, Ghulam Ahmed, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, who is the current caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. So he was mm. answering some of the questions uh, from a member of the uh, the, the community. community. Yeah. And she asked the question about mental health issues and mm. how to overcome those questions. And, uh, you know, the individual that I was talking about, the lady, mm. uh, she said that I was actually listening I was also already following these, uh, you know, shows or which oh, right. which which yeah. they, um, you know, usually upload on Friday evenings. Mm. And uh, she said I was going through uh, mental health issues. I was sitting on my couch, and Hazur addressed and was answering this this question. And she said that when Hazur was addressing this this issue, I felt like Hazur was speaking to me Talk directly to, yeah. and her yeah. heart yeah. started to beat you know yeah. more uh, rapidly and uh, after the answer she felt in ease you know, mm. she felt like this mm. is what I needed yeah. to hear from uh, from someone yeah. and that yeah. was um, you know from the, the, the His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masur Rahmat so such a beautiful example uh, you see as a normal human being it might be not possible for us but then we believe um, that the Khalifa al-Masih the Caliph of the time is someone who's appointed or someone who's chosen by uh, God Almighty himself so um, this is one experience of myself and then also someone who's not from uh, our community at all or not even a Muslim um, but yeah, so your heart could find comfort if you truly want to look for yeah. for it. Maybe yeah. uh, whatever direction, if you truly pray in your mind, doesn't matter if you are you know religious or not. It could definitely, you know, God will definitely you know guide you. Mm. When you do it with a pure heart, God will give you ease. Yeah, for certain. Absolutely. I mean, there's a saying. I mean, you know, that was uh, you know quite inspirational um an account a narration as well um how you know there was a, you know a non-muslim lady yep. you know first of all actually listening to the words of his holiness and actually you know taking benefit from that but then even more from that the you know one of her answers you know some of something that she was maybe going through and she was you know maybe in trouble because of that as well um but his holiness answered and she she listened to she listened to his answer and that was directly you know she could apply that to herself as well yeah. and she you know she got better from that as well um obviously it's a it's a it's an ongoing process but it's something which which puts you at ease isn't it yeah definitely. um like you mentioned it, it was something that she needed to hear from someone as well mm-hmm. what the message that his holiness actually gave um so it, 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 i was seeing that there's a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that you know there's a there's a time which is towards the 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 latter part of the night, where Allah the Almighty comes even closer to you know to 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 anyone who calls out for him. Yep. So that is at night time, where everyone else is asleep. You get up, 
and you just simply pray mm-hmm. you you know in 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 Islam that specific prayer is a voluntary prayer and that is the best voluntary prayer that you can actually do it's called the tahajjud the tahajjud prayer so that prayer you know you get up towards the latter part of the night um after sleeping for some time and you get up and you, you literally just start praying there and whatever you want to ask so the holy prophet peace and blessings be upon him says that mm-hmm. allah the almighty says that is there anyone who asks about me or is asking anything from me let me know so i will answer that person's prayer yep. is there anyone who wants to ask for forgiveness and i will forgive that person if there is there anyone who is calling out to me and i may answer his call and you know accept his prayer fulfill his prayer fulfill his you know desires as well mm-hmm. so at that time there is you know and there has been research conducted in regards to this as well that at that time because it's such a peaceful time no one is, you know no one is awake you know is majority of the people are sleeping and there's no you know you know there's no you know hustle and bustle of the of the world and it's a peaceful time you can literally you know you know just just even if you're like you mentioned even if you're not a religious person you can call out call out to god and say god you know if you do exist i'm going through this trouble please help me yeah definitely 100% allah the almighty will will, will fulfill that prayer yeah right because allah the almighty <coughs> has also said in another narration um by the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him that god almighty is so close to us that if somebody takes you know somebody you know reaches out one hand towards him he comes two hands towards them mm-hmm. so he waits for the person to actually initiate if that person is 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 sincere he's going through a difficult time and they want they want help they want support they're looking for that help and support they're crying out for god allah the almighty will help them if you know that person walks towards god god almighty runs towards that person mm-hmm. so there are these different narrations which tell us that you know if you call out to god if you ask him for help and assistance and guidance then he will be there to actually support us to help us to assist us to guide us and uh, this is exactly what the holy quran tells us or tells us as well that your heart can find comfort but the way you can find comfort is through the remembrance of god yep. and what better way to remember god than during prayer and you know this is why in islam it's so encouraged to pray it's so encouraged it's, in fact we have to pray five times a day there's five daily prayers and those are the prayers which which are compulsory you know you know, you have to do them there's no other way around them I mean, if you're a muslim there's five daily prayers that's it yeah. that's what it is that's one of the five pillars of islam you know yeah. so with those five prayers you might think that you know five prayers during the day yeah. how you know that's such a long time mm. but you know even even one prayer doesn't take more than 10 minutes yep. right so in total it would be like an hour of your day right if you look at it in that perspective obviously if you want to prolong it you can prolong it as much as you want if you want to yep. shorten it that's up to you but with those volu- with those um compulsory prayers there's voluntary prayers so those voluntary prayers are something which which put you you know even closer to god So obviously if you're going through a difficult time and you want to ask God for help and support you want to go closer to him isn't it so with these voluntary prayers with these voluntary actions 
we do our bit or we try to do our bit so that God Almighty will, you know, meet us halfway or even more than that. Mm. You know, and uh, help us when when we're at when we're at difficulty. Definitely. Definitely. So it, one other thing of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him is that at a time you shouldn't just remember God when you're when you're at a time of difficulty. You know, because that's something that, you know, you need help and you go to the person who's strong and the, the strong person helps you. Yeah. You know? If you just look at it like that, then you know, it's it's uh, it's not it's not a very good sort of uh, relationship, isn't it? Yeah. I mean every human would I mean, say that or every person who could help would say that you I mean, only come to me when you only when you, come when you need, when you need me. me. When you yes, need me. exactly. So the so the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him said that remember God at the time of when you're at ease, yep. when there's no troubles, when you're, you know, when you know when you're living your life, your daily routine, and you literally there's no troubles. Yep. Then Allah the Almighty will help you at the time of of difficulty. So when you have that friendly relationship with God, then He will you know He will alleviate all of your troubles, your griefs. Your 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 troubles, whatever difficulties that you're actually going through. Mm, no, certainly. I mean, uh, very beautifully explained why we pray and uh, why we need God Almighty. Every prophet has taught us to communicate and to connect with God Almighty, because mm. true help is from God Almighty, not from anyone else. True help is from God Almighty. But as human beings as well. As a, a fellow human beings, we should support and help others as well. Um, let's look at uh, some of the latest news in today's world. Um, a Londoner, uh, a London coroner named Nadia uh, Barsod has warned that preventable child suicides may increase if the UK government doesn't provide more money for mental health services. She also said... Um, that this concern, uh, uh, she mentioned that uh, this concern after a 12-year-old girl named Alison Owls took her own life in July 2022. Uh, the coroner's report pointed out that a lack of funding for child and adolescent mental health services led to delays in helping Alison uh, these days and you know problems are unique to her case and are happening in um the uh, the child and adolescent mental health services hmm. teams across the country um then you know there are also people who um you know refugees who are affected by mental health issues to to uh, complicated asylum system uh, because they're not used to it, they, they don't know, and there's a lot of waiting as well, a lot of struggles that they have to go through. Yes. So for refugees fleeing conflict zones, uh, the journey to safety is laden with uh, unimaginable challenges and leaving behind homes, families, and everything familiar is a traumatic experience itself. Mm. Um, the difficulties that they go through in their country, then, you know, you know, making some of them decide to have very dangerous journeys as well. The journey itself is so dangerous. And then arriving here, they expect that, you know, there will be an ease. And it's, uh, but even then when they come, they have to go through procedures they, uh, you know, that the country requires from refugees. And yeah. that 
when when they come across those things that is another shock that you know leads many of them to mental health issues and then um not just you know these people but then also you have mental health issues in men because you know in men we usually uh you know we don't show it uh, uh if we are going through difficulties yeah. whereas um you know, our opposite genders they usually show it and they get rid of the 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 this is what what humans are made of right so if we cry it out mm. right uh then we feel ease and this is yeah how our bodies work uh but men usually Tend hide it suppress the suppress their emotions. their emotions yeah. and uh and the suicide re- rates uh if you compare it with men and women you see that there are more men who commit suicide than women and mm. it you know apparently it seems and it looks like men are actually more happier but then because they suppress it mm. they keep it to themselves yeah. well, obviously there's going to come a time where they explode it, isn't it? they explode yeah. and then you know they can't men, deal with it and then that's what happens exactly exactly and one of the examples is from uh, Emmett Dillon a 33 year old man who tragically took his own life mm. uh recently in 2021 uh his twin brother Ryan believes that many men hide their mental health struggles because they feel pressured to appear strong and unaffected by their problems so this is just an example that has been recorded um and and relate to us but then there are many many men um when we do surveys as well you see that yeah. uh they go through you know difficulties and then you know like you said they the, at the end it's like a blast yeah. and then they can't take it anymore and unfortunately then they take their lives take their lives yeah. yeah i mean it, it is sad isn't it it is sad it is certainly but th- this is why it very is sad. It, it's important it's difficult but it is important as well it's, it's very important to actually let out your emotions yeah at the appropriate time as well yes um obviously you know th- there are some times where you need to control your emotions but obviously you know if if something tragic has happened or something you know awful has happened yeah uh, you know god forbid then you know there's nothing bad in expressing your emotions as well yeah. isn't it because obviously if you if you like you said like we're talking about if we keep it in if you keep it in for so long and you keep on adding to that yeah and you know not channeling it not you know expressing it not showing it not letting it out then you know it can be quite detrimental i mean for it's your, just for your health you know when you think you know, humans they are shy to let's say express their emotions to people hmm. and uh, you know for men let's say they they don't want to share their feelings mm. or the the depressions whatever problems they're going through to anyone you know mm-hmm. uh not even their mothers who are the closest to them right yeah, yeah. um you know the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has said that you know he was asked by someone who should i give more priority my father or mother mm. and holy the, the way the holy prophet would answer is he would you know emphasize the same thing or give the same answer three times mm-hmm. to give the an emphasis on yeah, his yeah, answer so he as you know he said your mother and then he yeah. asked the same question and he said your mother yeah. and again he asked, asked the, the same time, third yeah. time your mother then yeah, the fourth yeah. time then you can give said, respect yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and honor to your father 
but but even then men are <laughs> sometimes <laughs> shy to uh you know share their feelings with the mothers as well mm. but what stuck to in my mind is and what what i just you know thought of the verse that you've just mm. you know uh, um you know shared with us uh is that true comfort is found when you worship and when you remember god almighty when you don't have anyone yeah that's true as well that's true then you have and and if you believe in god almighty you have at least trust at someone who's there every moment mm. and when you cry out and share all your feelings to that being mm. who has created us who's listening over us and who's close and who's um answering our pray- prayers whenever we need him mm. right then you know we don't even have to think that okay yeah, doing, yeah. of going to a certain person yeah, and not even hesitating like okay should i tell him should i tell her mm. uh, what are they going to think uh, what are they going to yeah. think are they yeah. going to tell it to someone else etc etc exactly. but exactly. where when when you have god i mean all of those questions you don't have them exactly exactly, exactly. exactly. isn't it when you that's why that's why i said as well in the beginning that's the one of the best times to actually pray is actually in the morning because mm-hmm. say you are praying during the day right and you're literally weeping out and you're crying to god that you know take away this problem or whatever there can be a time where someone might overhear your prayer yeah. maybe right mm-hmm. it might not happen but it, it, there is a slight chance that it can happen mm-hmm. in the morning no one's awake everyone's yeah. asleep yeah. so literally there's not going to be anyone anyone else that's going to be interfering with your prayer. Yeah. You can literally go all at it and pray to God Almighty whatever you want to ask for. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a big thing or mm-hmm. a small thing. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to achieve, if you want to go, you know, better your situation, mm-hmm. you pray to God Almighty. And this is what we are always told um in Islam as well. A one thing which you know actually keeps us going or you know, uh, you know, uh, keeps us moving forward is that we believe as muslims right we believe that there is a hereafter yep we believe that there is life after death mm-hmm. and we believe as you know the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him he has said that you know th- this life is not the actual life this life is only a temporary life mm. the actual life is when you die from this world when you pass away and then you know you get brought back to life and the next life is your actual life yep but that life will depend on all the things that you did on this life so if you did good things if you were an obedient person obedient person if you were a humble person if you were you know a good person then allah the almighty will, will bless you if you're a bad person then allah the almighty can punish you if he wants to or he can forgive you if he wants of course but he will he you know he can put you through that 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 difficult time in the hereafter as well and obviously you don't want to go through that but th- because we believe in that hereafter that is why all the troubles that we face all the problems that we face all the things that we think that you know oh why is it always me or why did i why did this happen to me or why did that happen or why am i going through this difficult time or what all of these different problems can actually be answered in a way that you know this we are going through a trial we are going through a difficult time but if we are if we remain loyal to god 
if we remain faithful to God, if we don't betray God, you know, in the process, then Allah the Almighty, then God Almighty will say, you know, look at this person. He's going through a, such a difficult time and he still remained firm in his faith. He still remained loyal. He still remained obedient. He still remained humble, right? He didn't do anything which was chaotic or, you know, something which was evil, something which is sinful or wrong, you know? And, and then Allah the Almighty will, you know, uh, alleviate his troubles, alleviate his pain, his uh, trouble sometimes and then he will give the he will give that person a a very nice reward in the hereafter definitely a yeah. very good reward and that is something that we can look forward to as well and allah the almighty has mentioned in the holy quran that the the believers shouldn't think that this life is just you know that you know they can just say that they believe and then they're not going to go through any troubles of course they're going to go through troubles because this whole world is uh, is is a trial yeah and uh, I mean, in Arabic, there's a term Darul Ibtala that is is basically an, an an examination. It basically, it's uh, it's a trial. It's a big trial. Yep. And so, if we go through this trial, if we look at it as a trial, then it becomes a little bit more easier as well. Of course, of course, you know, people say that oh, you know, you how can you just pray and everything will be fine. The thing is, is that obviously, if you have mental health problems, if you have uh, mental health issues, whatever problems that you may have, you need. Um, you need to 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 have to get medical assistance as well. Yeah, that's I mean that is included in it. Hmm. That's included with the prayer. It's not something that you you just pray, and you don't you know you don't take any medicine with you as well. Obviously, yeah. if you're ill, if you're sick, obviously you need to take that medicine as well, isn't it? Yeah. But all of these things go hand in hand. So us as Muslims, we believe in you know going to the psychiatrist maybe. Or going to the specialist doctor, going through that channel uh, of uh, you know of, of of their expertise, so they can do their bit. But at the same time, you pray to God Almighty as well, because a medicine cannot heal you until and unless and until God Almighty puts the cure in that medicine. Yep. So that is something that we need to make sure that we understand as well. Yeah, isn't it? certainly. I mean, like you said, uh, if. It, the belief that there is a hereafter mm. and this is a temporary life, mm. it gives you a lot of satisfaction too. Exactly, exactly. I mean, when you just just think that this, you know, this is what Islam teaches, that this is a life that is like a trial for you and whatever you do depends on what reward you will get in the hereafter. Mm. And this is a temporary life. The life after is the main life. It's the main life. That's right? the actual life. Yeah, exactly. And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he went through lots of lots of difficulties. Mm. But he, the the reason why he was steadfast and why he always remained firm to his beliefs is because he found God Almighty. Yeah. I mean, his many of his majority of his children passed away when he during his life during yeah, his lifetime. Literally. You know, both of his parents, uh, you know, passed away. Mm. You know, the, you know, his father even passed away when he wasn't even born. Mm. So he didn't have a... a it's an orphan, a, isn't it? Yeah. He was an orphan. His and grandfather his, passed away. His yeah. mother, his grandmother, yeah. as well, uh, grandfather, grandfather as yeah. well. I mean, all the support that he could, a, 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 a normal child could ever have wished for, 
is uh, usually yeah. parents, right? Yeah. And then maybe the the grandparents who could then take care of you. But then all of his support, um, all of his, um, you know, strength through yeah. the parents, there wasn't there, it wasn't there, literally yeah, not there. Yeah. But even then, he was going through so many difficulties, so many per- persecutions from the 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 the, the people of Mecca. Mm. You know who didn't agree what what he believed in in, in the oneness of God, and uh, it, but then he went through all those difficulties. Then there is a moment when um, you know there is a hadith, and we've relayed this in other shows, maybe right where where he was laying and he had a very rough mattress, hmm. not even a mattress, a bed made out of. Uh, I think date leaves or mm. it, it was very rough so the companions once saw his back which had full of scars yeah. and they felt ashamed that they never knew about this and they never got him a better mattress or even a, a decent mattress right and they, they offered him a mattress that you're the you know the, our prophet why you know why haven't we thought of of this before and the Holy Prophet, peace yes. and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave a beautiful answer. And he said that, uh, I mean, I'm like a traveler in this world. I came into this world, uh, and this world is like a, mm. like a tree. I'm sitting, at, you know, uh, right, you know leaning against, uh, the, leaning tree. against yeah. the tree. And it, there will be a time when, when I will have to go, uh, when I will continue my journey continue towards journey, my, yeah. my, my creator, right? Yeah. So, you know, all these things doesn't matter to me. And this is the thought and this is how uh, our beloved prophet, you know, uh, what, what he's thinking was, but that he's, he taught us as well. And every prophet actually has taught us that this is a temporary life. Exactly. Our main life is in the hereafter where God Almighty says that everything you desire will be there mm-hmm. there won't be any pain there won't be any torment um, and every human being and this is the beauty of Islam that whereas other religions might say that you know uh, hell is eternal so if someone has mm-hmm. done bad in this world then there will be the that's hell-bound. it yeah, that's, that's they'll it, hellbound yeah. this is not the case hmm. in Islam in Islam we have been taught that hell is not eternal. There will be a time when there won't be any inhabitant in the hell, in the hell and eventually you will go to heaven. Yeah. And this gives you a push and and support and, and the mental, um, uh, uh, you know, stability as well. That yeah. look, it doesn't matter what difficulty you're going through or what sort of sins you have done. There's always chance for you to be better, right? And this is so much I mean every single thing in Islam gives you so much comfort mm. that look it doesn't matter if you're going through difficulties there will be a time of ease right and the Quran says that mm. uh, um, that after hardship there is ease yeah. right yeah. so every human being when they struggle for something to or to gain for something they go f- through hardships but then they see the fruits of that as well that you know after a while they see that because they go, went through the difficulties and they had, co- you know, they have um, st- stead, 
they, they have stayed firm to the difficulties they have eased now mm. but then even if you are going through difficulties because of any illnesses or because of a huge loss remember that you know this is not a loss forever you know if let's say your parents have passed away or something has happened to your life you know they are in good hands with god almighty yeah, absolutely uh, absolutely so i mean every, every the thing is i get passionate because <laughs> i have learned the teachings of islam and it's yeah. beautiful and i would suggest everyone to learn about islam as well Absolutely. the holy quran i mean the, well. the 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 answers to all the problems that we that we are facing today um they they have been sold by you know told us by by islam taught us by islam um me- mental health problems have uh, you know they come or well, they can be triggered by a lot of different things yep right and one of the things which uh, which actually instigated or sort of made this into a uh you know prevalent in a lot of a lot of people was the was the pandemic the covid-19 yep. uh, uh, the global pandemic because it was unprecedented and uh, you know because of what 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 happened what we were forced to do lockdowns quarantine um you know the, the fear of illness Uh, you know not only taken t- take taken a physical toll but also place immense stress on on our on our mental well-being as well and isolation uh, uncertainty about the future and grief over the loss of loved ones have led to a surge in mental health concerns as well including anxiety and also depression there was a there was a young person who asked his holiness uh, the worldwide head of the ahmadiyya muslim community how you know how we can deal with mental health issues during during the covid uh, pandemic so let's listen to uh, that that answer my question is with the coronavirus pandemic we have seen a massive impact on people's mental health with depression and anxiety increasing this has also affected many khudam how would al khuzur recommend a khadim deals with these issues allah taala says that remembrance my remembrance and my zikr will satisfy your hearts so during these days we should try to get closer to allah taala offer our prayers fervently five times if possible in congregation and also do some zikr say durood sharif istighfar and seek allah's guidance and help by walking then allah taala will give you comfort and strengthen your heart during this virus those who are living close to me and even myself i didn't feel anything wrong i don't think I, it has 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 left any bad effect on us <laughs> we are okay and you are also okay are you not okay I'm okay. Just then, yes, then if you are okay then. So, so those who have something then they should seek Allah's help. Right? And Allah Taala will help them by offering their prayer. Be punctual and fervent in your prayer and do some other zikr, durood sharif and istighfar and la ilaha illallah quwwata illa billah and so many other prayers written in the prayer books that will satisfy you. 
اوکے جی حضور جزاک اللہ حضور یور لسننگ ٹو دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو بروڈکاسٹنگ آن ڈی اے بی اینڈ وائی دا انٹرنیٹ ٹوینٹی فور آورز اے ڈے رائٹنگز آف دا پرومس مسائر علیہ السلام دین ارائز اینڈ ریپینٹ اینڈ ون دا پلیجر آف گاڈ تھرو گڈ ورکس ریمبر that the punishment of wrong beliefs is after death. Being a Hindu or a Christian or a Muslim will be determined on the Day of Judgment. But a person who goes beyond the limit and wrongdoing, transgression, disobedience, and vice is punished in this life. Such a one cannot escape God's chastisement. So hasten to win God's pleasure, and before the dreadful day arrives, namely the Day of Intensity, of the plague of which the prophets have warned make your peace with god he is very benevolent to the one moment of the repentance that melts the heart he can forgive the sins spread over 70 years do not say the repentance is not accepted remember that you cannot be saved by your deeds it is grace that saves and not deeds benevolent and merciful lord Bestow thy grace upon all of us. We are thy servants and have fallen down upon thy threshold. Amen. So that was uh, a, a young person asked His Holiness how we can sort of deal with these mental health problems, these issues during the COVID-19. So that was the answer that His Holiness gave the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. that was uh, that audio clip was actually taken from the time of the pandemic as well so that was specifically to that time but obviously it's it's applicable to this day and age as well i mean to right now isn't it <coughs> uh, somebody is going through a difficult time and the advice that which his holiness actually gave is applicable right now as well yeah. and the main thing which his holiness mentioned was to to pray to god almighty mm-hmm. and have that relationship establish that relationship that connection um with with god so that so that he can take away your 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 troubles your pain mm-hmm. and your distress yeah so one of the 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 reasons why many of us um you know went through uh, mental health issues is because of global uh, you know global pandemic yeah uh but then also because of that many people also started to work uh digitally mm-hmm. right so yeah. and it yeah. is a digital age as well so the digital age and remote work culture have you know significantly altered the way we live the way we work as well yes. there's less you know interactions with people so mm. it, it it did you know affect our health as well and 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 also our mental uh, you know stability so this is also one of the reasons many people you know got into mental health issues so the technology um, the, the 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 then we have people who use uh many apps or the social media um which could also lead to mental health issues because uh you are not active anymore you're all into your all your focus all is going into the whatever has been shared on social media um so that is also something which could help you know affect your health plus if someone is very active on social media mm. by posting stuff by reading 
you know, comments, etc., etc., that could really, really affect someone's health as well. I mean, let's say uh, an influencer or someone who's a YouTuber or a TikToker, they put something on on online, and then and and you receive lots of comments, good and bad, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is very <laughs> dangerous. Um, and and many even social media influencers because of mental health issues, because of uh, depression and because of the things that they have to face in uh, while using uh, social media, they even decide to commit suicide, right? So yeah. of course Islam doesn't promote and is against suicide uh, because the life that you've been given is a blessing by God Almighty. Um, if you go through difficulties and if you go through pains, um, you know, remember that God says that every pain that you go through, mm. on the other hand, God, you know, forgives you and for forgives, you, you. Uh, f- forgives your sins. So if someone has lived their entire life in pain or had gone through, you know, uh, such a disease that is, uh, you know, eternal, mm. um, Eternal in the sense that it's a lasting for forever till your death, right? Remember that a certain person's sins are forgiven. And if you are going through difficulties, then you won't even think of doing bad to others hmm. because you're in, 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 in trouble yourself. yourself yeah. Then this is also a means. And remember that, let's say someone is born with Down syndrome or some sort of uh, problem that is uh, forever for, with them, those kind of people are automatically uh, the inhabitants of heaven because, you know, they they go through such a difficulty, such a, difficult time, yeah. such a trial that God promises them, you know, heaven in the, in the hereafter. Yeah. And, and, and as we have discussed before, this is just a temporary life. It doesn't matter... You know how long he have lived in this in this world. How he have lived in this world. Mm. If he had comfort or um, or, or he had ease or difficulty, it, your hereafter is everything. And That's someone who has been forgiven all their sins, let's say, or who has never done sins, they automatically, God willing, will you know will be sent straight to heaven. And and in heaven is all the things that you couldn't even imagine of mm-hmm. that your mind and heart desires yeah. so it's it's very so this is something that you know everyone should have in mind that this is a temporary life whatever difficulty you're going through do share it with someone and and then if you try to share it with you know someone with God almighty and you'll see that you will truly find comfort um, in in sharing your difficulties, um, and 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 you will find the peace of 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 mind, of course. Of course, of course. So th- there is a there is a brief audio clip in uh, which some you know somebody asks, how should we treat mental health issues? And uh, you know, very briefly, let's listen to um, that audio clip of his this. As Muslims, how do you think that um, we should tackle mental health issues? Mental health issues? As Muslims, we should tackle all the ill people as we do. 
and uh, this is how you should treat as if whether you are a muslim or not muslim does not matter how do you treat a typhoid or malaria patient or person who is having some uh, abdomen problem or have some appendix problem so this sometimes they need operation sometimes treatment with medicines so they should be treated so that is literally that is what his holiness said i mean we sh- i mean it's important that we look at it from uh, from from an open perspective yep you know if we you know if we have this is another topic you know that you know talking about mental health issues it shouldn't be a taboo topic as well in the yeah. home at school with you you know with your friends if somebody's going through a difficult time they should you know they they should openly say that you know i'm going through a difficult time and i need some help i need some support mm-hmm. and look for the help and support as well isn't it and obviously where you have a good network of people working around you and trying to alleviate that pain together then that can be a very a, a very good process as well you know going through your trouble sometimes if you're if you're going through a difficult time you're going through mental, mental health issues and you're seeing the right people with that alongside you know the prayer that we spoke about as well that we emphasized during this show with these things that is something that you can get through um a difficult time if if anyone is facing them as well yeah. doesn't matter if you're a muslim or a non-muslim but uh, you know it, it is important that we that we look into the proper ways in, uh, for the treatment as well isn't it yeah definitely so i mean we're coming towards the end of uh, the show thank you zakar to all the guests the producers researchers the tech team uh, to yourself until next time assalamu alaikum